This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Nice to have you along today. Libby returns tomorrow after Yom Kippur. We wish Libby and her family and all of our Jewish listeners a quiet day of reflection and renewal. Stay granted in favor of the Doug Ford PC government at Queen's Park. That was the news that came down at 10 this morning from the Ontario Court of Appeal. What does it mean? It means that the decision a week ago Monday from Superior Court Justice Edward Bellababa has been put on hold and the City of Toronto has been ordered to continue preparing an election for October 22nd with 25 wards. And now it's your opportunity to react to the decision. The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-740. 4740. Joining us with their expert opinions on the ruling are Rocco A. Champong, lawyer and former Ward 13 candidate. I say former because there now won't be a 47 Ward election. And Deputy Mayor and City Councilor Stephen Holliday. Welcome both. Hi, uh, thank you very much, Jane. Hi, Ro- Rocco. Hello. <laughs> Rocco, I'll start with you. You must be disappointed. Um. Uh, to be perfectly candid, I'm suffering a bit from litigation fatigue, <laughs> so I'm slightly relieved. Okay. Um, uh, it's uh, very. It's not obviously the decision I expected. I wanted um, a ruling for us to maintain a 47 uh, ward election for this year. Uh, we were unsuccessful. Now we just move on. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway, right? Whatever would the ruling of this morning? It, well, no, because if the our, the state was rejected, and Bill 31 came into force on Thursday. We would have been in court on Friday trying to seek a state, and I think we had strong arguments to to make sure that state was granted. Okay, uh, so now what happens in terms of? Uh, and you say you're you're legally uh, fatigued, and I believe it because I've been seeing you. You've been, this is your third time on with us, and I've seen you on television multiple times. Uh, is there any chance now, any chance that there would still be a forty-seven ward election come October twenty-second? There's a slim chance, I, and I say, when I say slim, there's like a three point five percent. Uh, margin of error, 3.5% uh, chance that uh, that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. A three-member panel of the Court of Appeal has basically said uh, we are making sure this election goes forward um, uh, with some certainty on October 22nd. And uh, I, I think uh, come hell or high water, uh, that's not going to be uh, disestablished. So there are no uh, legal repercussions that you or the other applicants can take to reverse this decision. Uh, what I'm hearing and reading is that you may be able to bypass the Ontario Court of Appeal and go directly to the Supreme Court of Canada. 
And when are we going to get there, Jane? Are we going to get there next week with yeah. uh, 20, however, 20, 24 more days left in the election and, and have them uh, make a ruling that could possibly go against the Court of Appeal and throw this back into, uh, uh, into chaos? And obviously, at that point, the city clerk will say that she will not be able to have a, an election on October 22nd. It's going to be it's a long shot. It's uh, what we would call a Hail Mary pass in the last minute of a football game. And, uh, and more often than not, that, is never, uh, that, never, that never succeeds. But, hey, when it does, it makes for an excellent highlight. So should we garner from those comments that you are going to try to make that Hail Mary pass? No, I'm not going to be. I will not be leading the charge to the Supreme Court. That much I can tell you. If there is an appeal by the city, um, because council has directed uh, the city solicitor to exhaust all legal appeals, with respect to Bill 5. Um, if they go to the Supreme Court, I have to join them. Um, that's not what I would want, to be perfectly candid with you. At this point, I just want some certainty. I want some clarity. And let's just finish an election on October 22nd. Rocco, are you going to be a candidate uh, in any of the wards uh, based on I, the 25 ward scenario? I want to be an elected official. I want to be part of the public debate in government. Um, so obviously that is uh, something that's top of mind for me as to whether or not um, this is the time and uh, uh, the wise course in the current environment. I will meet with my team and make that decision. I was a candidate for Eglinton Lawrence. I may still be a candidate for Eglinton Lawrence. It will all depend on what my team suggests and see whether or not we can run a strong campaign with 30 days left. Municipal elections are a different beast from uh, provincial and federal elections because you're usually focusing on party leaders. Here we're focusing on individuals having to make a case to now about 100,000 people in 30 days. Is it enough in enough time? I don't know. But all these will factor into my decision. I just want to ask one more legal question of you because you are a lawyer, Rocco. What happens now with Bill 31 at the Ontario legislature, which invokes the Charter's notwithstanding clause, but is otherwise basically the same bill as Bill 5? Well, I just heard the parliamentary assistant for uh, the premier, Stephen Lecce, basically say that it will remain on the order paper, but they will not be bringing it to a final vote, which means that the notwithstanding clause will not be invoked in Ontario at this time. Let's go to uh, our councillor on the line, Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor and City Councillor Stephen Holliday, who um, let's give him props for having the best attendance record on City Council. Thanks, Jane. Uh, councillor Holliday, what does this mean to you personally, this decision today? Well, I'm I'm happy about it. I have a different opinion than Rocco about the number of wards. Uh, I have always supported a smaller council, and I'm glad to see that we're now in the position to have uh, an election of 25 uh, coming forward. But on a more practical sense, and, and maybe to connect it more with the people that I've been speaking to through this election campaign, I think everybody has a sigh of relief about certainty. Uh, there was a lot of uncertainty about, you know, who's running in my area and is there still going to be an election on October 22nd? And it sounds like there is going to be one. And for that reason, I'm headed out campaigning as soon as we hang up the call here. But uh, I, um, I I have always uh, been out on the street running a campaign and, uh, and, and you know, you anticipate bumps along the road. And, and this is one of the, the decision points that make things a little bit clearer going forward. Explain for us from your point of view now. Now, in the 25 ward scenario, what ward are you running in versus the ward you would have been running in in a 47 seat scenario? 
Right. I live in Etobicoke Center, and uh, if, if uh, your listeners can picture the, the west end of Toronto is the old city of Etobicoke, and there's a band that runs right across the center of that, um, and Etobicoke is divided into three, and north a center and a south. Under the old scenario, I would have been running in the western portion of that band, so about one-sixth of the old former city of Etobicoke. Now, it, uh, that band it joins the ward to the east, and that creates one central band across the city from the Etobicoke Creek to the Humber River. And it, it's about double in size of what the old ward was before. Who will you be running against uh, who is also on council right now? Well, that is a very interesting question. Um, currently, there are two other candidates registered under the 25-ward scenario. Neither of them are uh, sitting councillors. They are new. The councillor of Ward 4, my colleague John Campbell, has not been registered under the 25-ward model. So one of the interesting things about this stay ruling is that back when Justice Bellobaba issued his ruling, the clerk closed the wicket for people to go and sign up under the 25-ward model. There was a couple of days left, and for whatever reason, some, some candidates decided to hold off on their application, and many of them got caught and locked out. Um, so I suspect um, Mr. Campbell will join the race, but right now I don't know if there is a, an avenue to do so, and we're all waiting and listening to see if there are further instructions from either the court or the clerk or the province on reopening the ability to sign up for the election for 25 councillors. Well, wasn't well I, the, can certainly, oh, sure. I can certainly help with that, uh, Jane. Um, because the last paragraph of the ruling, the last the last paragraph of the ruling uh, from the Court of Appeal is acceding to the request of the Attorney General to extend nomination for two more days, and the City of Toronto is not opposed to that. So and, they will be there will be uh, extra nomination days for people to sign up. And when do the when does the clock start ticking on those two more days? Well, we would have to wait for the city clerk to provide an advisory, but as it stands now, there'll be an order uh, extending the nomination period to allow for people to register. So, Stephen, that answers your question. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us suspect that there would be a mechanism, but we're just waiting to see how and what and when. And, and as you mentioned, the communique will come out at some point in time giving people instructions. Uh, what, In terms of what the city clerk is going to be able to do here, Councillor Holliday, um, conducting the election a month and three days out from today, is, is that doable in your mind? What, what are you hearing in the hallways? Well, uh, the best advice I can go from is what the clerk told us um, in our last council meeting when we, uh, when we debated the, um, the news of uh, Bill 31. Um, the clerk told us she was right on the edge, but she also revealed, and uh, as many of us know and suspect uh, and, and know really how professional our clerk uh, and clerk staff are, they've been being uh, well prepared for any event, and apparently she's, vo- she's uh, printed up two sets of voter cards, one for the 25 ward scenario and one for the 47, uh, because we know this is a process that was changing, and uh, I think they have put uh, all hands on deck to make sure that uh, there is an integral election on the 22nd, and uh, I have every faith that our clerk will be able to, to deliver that. 
Okay. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's uh, Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer, and joining us in conversation here, uh, lawyer and former Ward 13 candidate Rockaway Champong. He's still deciding whether he's going to run in the 25 Ward scenario. And Deputy Mayor and City Councilor Stephen Holliday. I know you want to get on to react about this, and uh, we'll start taking some calls now. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Anthony in Niagara. Not a Toronto voter, but you have an opinion on this, Anthony. Go ahead. Yeah, I, well, I grew up in Toronto most of my life. I'm in Niagara right now. Uh, 25 is the right number, I think. I feel that that's the right number. The problem here was the NDP, they pushed it too far. I mean, everything they did there was like radical. I mean, when you get on to Fox News and you listen to what they're saying, it, it's terrible. It's, they went too far. I mean, Ford's a very fair person. And, you know, I really think he would have maybe more or less compromised in some way. But these people went too far. I mean, yesterday he's in Windsor, and these people are all over him, even in Windsor. I mean, the guy just can't win. Okay, thank you, Anthony. Let's go to John in Brampton. Your reaction to today's ruling? Well, I'm very happy. Uh, I congratulate uh, Doug Fortis' group. Uh, if they lost this battle, it would have been a very bad beginning. But they won it, and hopefully we'll go forward. To the people, I'm told there were roughly 2,300 protesters uh, in a city of, what, two and a half million, you know, negligible number. Uh, but for those people who are screaming to pay more taxes, they're going to get their wish real soon. The gravy train of the condominium towers popping up one after another, that's almost over. Two years, at minimum, possibly five or six years. And then those billions and billions of dollars that aren't budgeted, but that just happen to keep rolling in, that's gone. Okay, well, we're, we're getting into another uh, issue here, and I do appreciate that there are a number of issues at, when you are a Toronto taxpayer. Uh, I do want to move on to Councillor Janet Davis, who actually is against the 25 Ward Council. But uh, before we take a quick break, final words, uh, Rocco Champong, uh, will you come back and, and talk with us if you decide to run in the election? Would love to, Jane. And you guys have been very kind uh, to have invited me on to explain the process, and you've been on top of this from day one. And uh, I thank you guys very much. I'll always be available to you guys. Well, we thank you, too, and it's it's been nice getting to know you a little bit and wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Councillor Holliday, uh, you say that you're going to begin campaigning. Uh, for you, you, you really do see uh, a route to more efficient, uh, more efficient Toronto Council with 25 wards. You, th- you think that more will get done. You agree with the Premier? Oh, without a doubt. I believe that Council will be far more focused and far more effective to make the decisions that we need to make. And uh, the future is bright for the City of Toronto. And I think uh, I also have a positive outlook on this election. Uh, Despite some of the changes and some of the doubts, I think voters are still going to get their cards in the mail. They're still going to know where to go and cast their vote, and there'll be a ballot before them. And I hope um, they think it through and make the right choice. Looking forward to the campaign trail, and it's been an exciting campaign so far, and it will be exciting for the the last uh, month now. Well, certainly voters do appreciate your reassurance. So thank you for that, and thanks for your time. 
Thank you. Stephen Holliday, Toronto Deputy Mayor and City Councillor running in the 25 Ward election coming up on October 22nd. In just a moment, we take more of your calls. I know you want to get on to react about this morning's ruling along with the vantage point of Councillor Janet Davis. That is coming up next here on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns tomorrow. Today we're talking about the ruling that came down from the Ontario Court of Appeal, which has put on hold Superior Court Justice Edward Bellababa's decision of last week, which means that the October 22nd election in Toronto will go ahead with 25 wards. Joining us now with her perspective on this is Councillor Janet Davis. Your reaction to word this morning from the courts? Well, it, I believe, was a a big disappointment. Um, The City of Toronto went through an exhaustive process to determine its ward structure. We followed all of the rules that were set out in a Supreme Court decision to look at community interests, parity of voters, um, to look at geographic and other factors, and we determined that 47 wards would provide effective representation. And sadly, this decision seems to toss that out. Uh, But the issue is still unresolved, and there will be another court, uh, another set of justices that will um, be hearing the appeal. And it, uh, it just does still leave a great deal of uncertainty. And uh, all of this, of course, caused by uh, Doug Ford. Um, I'm, I'm saddened because uh, the people of Toronto uh, had an opportunity to give their perspective on this. And there was extensive consultation. And there was a clear rejection of uh, any kind of changes that were going to reduce the number of councillors, and residents' access to their councillors. Community associations, neighbourhood groups, BIAs, all across the city um, weighed in on this question, and they did not want to see a reduction in councillors and a reduction in the service that they provide to their communities. So I think it's a sad day for Toronto residents and for Toronto voters um, who have been thrust into just a totally chaotic scene and with so little time left before the election. Councillor Davis, uh, purely from the the perspective of it being more efficient, and and I'm sure you've Mm -hmm. sat through many long council meetings where you've Mm -hmm. been frustrated by all the different voices and, and things taking a long time to get done. Is there any kind of silver lining with moving forward with a 25 ward election? I don't think our council was dysfunctional. There are some characters there who uh, may be, (laughs) but the council as a whole is a very efficient governance body. In fact, if you compare it to the provincial legislature, we far exceed them in terms of how much legislative decision-making takes place. Every single month, we deal with hundreds and hundreds of items and we approve 98% of them on consent or through uh, what we call quick releases. We debate only those things that are of uh, the most importance, and we uh, dispatch those decisions very efficiently. And compared to the provincial legislature, um, we have a 1900 agenda 
uh, items that have been dealt with uh, within 16 hours. And comparing to the provincial legislature, they met on 95 days in 2017 and only passed 34 bills. So we have many, many, many more services that we deliver. And we have a much more complex set of on-the-ground uh, demands as councillors um, because of the range of services that we provide. Councillor Davis, there are some politics around the Toronto mayoral contest and this uh, whole scenario with 47 wards versus 25 wards. We have uh, mayoral challenger Jennifer Keysmat coming out within the last hour, using this as an opportunity to slag Mayor Tory and apologize to the candidates for not having Mayor Tory stand up for them. Uh, are, do you uh, lend any credence to what she's saying, or do you believe that T- Mayor Tory has done all he can do in the face of, of this surprise decision? Well, I think that Mayor Tory was pushed into taking the position he eventually took, which was to support the um, uh, the appeal. Um, his initial response was to have a ref- call for a referendum. Um, most of us uh, were quite upset that there wasn't a more vigorous defense of the city. Um, you know, we are in the middle of an election, and so there is going to be this back and forth between the mayoralty uh, candidates. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, I wanted to feel the fire in his belly around this, and I didn't feel it. Um, he and should be defending this government, um, and that it is, a, it is not a dysfunctional government. In fact, uh, I think this, the statistics bear out that we make, and the other part, let me just, that it's different. All of our decisions are made in public, virtually. So it is the most accountable, transparent, and uh, I think um, uh, effective order of government. And people, uh, when I hear Doug Ford and others who have never had any interaction with Toronto government, some of the other ministers talk about our government, it makes me quite angry. Because what we have to do as both legislators and advocates for our residents is make sure that they understand the critical decisions we're making and that they have an opportunity to participate in this decision-making process. That doesn't happen at, at Queen's Park. I mean, you don't have the same kind of access to the decision-making process that we have here. It is uh, a very open and active uh, kind of legislative body, and I'm very proud of what we do here. I'm tired of being slagged by um, people who don't know anything about our government, and I'm tired of Doug Ford carrying out his um, his attack on the people he never got along with when he was here. Okay, Councillor Janet to let Davis. Go of, it's time to let go. Uh-huh and uh, let the people of Toronto decide the kind of governance it, that uh, they want and that they were, uh, they decided upon. Okay, so, speaking, uh, it's a sad day. Speaking of the people, I want to go back to the phones here to our yep. Zoomer radio listeners. Uh, Dino in Coburg, uh, you have a comment about the latest uh, decision from the Ontario Court of Appeal, which has put on hold the original decision, so we're moving forward with a 25-word election. Your reaction? Yes, good morning, Jane. I'm, sor- I'm very sorry that um, 
she ducked your question. I'm just going to go right back to it. I think it's very political opportunistic for make that, making that attack on the mayor right now at this time. And the mayor, as you know yourself, has never said that that council was ever dysfunctional. I'm just, I'm just wondering if, if you or your callers mm-hmm. are getting that slant that that was just totally political opportunism. All right. All right, Dino. No, I appreciate that. Councillor Davis, uh, Dino, myself, others have heard Mayor Tory say mm-hmm. that the council is not dysfunctional. Is that fair to say that he hasn't made that he, comment? Yeah, no, he, he has defended um, our, our government. I think, though, uh, some of us had hoped that it would be more vigorous, and um, but he has uh, agreed that, and did agree that we should go forward with his appeal, and he did vote uh, in favor of the motions that got brought forward. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think that's the issue now. The issue will be whether or not, uh, through this next appeal, that he stands firm with the people of Toronto in defense of our government. We Um, are going to hear from Mayor John Tory, actually, uh, if he's not speaking already in the next minute or two, and we'll have mm -hmm. highlights of uh, his news conference on the one o'clock news with Bob Comsick, his rebuttal, perhaps to Jennifer Keysmat and her comments this morning, uh, more or less blaming Mayor Tory for a lot of what has happened since Premier Ford brought up the idea of reducing city council from 47 to 25 wards. We'll take one more call here, and then we're changing topics to something uh, that may be near and dear to your heart, and that is palliative care. It is something that, uh, if it hasn't already, may affect you or your loved ones uh, in the future. Let's go to Sharon in Hamilton. Sharon, our final call here on uh, the Ontario Court of Appeal decision this morning. Um, Jane? Yes. I'm, I'm against the... I'm, ag- I'm against them cutting the council. You're against I'm, them cutting the council, and why? Because... I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think it's fair. Why they my, should do that? Thank you, because my ward would now have a combination of two wards, and that would be almost 115,000 residents, and it contains two very different communities: East York, which now will have no independent ward, and the beach. And those are two very different communities of interest, and it will be very difficult to represent uh, particularly all of those community groups and to support the uh, uh, residents in uh, in both of those communities. Councillor Davis, I asked this of your colleague, Councillor Holliday. Who will you be now running against in the 25-ward scenario? Who is on Uh, council right now? Well, I actually announced... Um, my retirement before any of this happened. So, sadly... Oh, I'm um, sorry. I I had forgotten that. I'm sorry. Yes. So, I will not be running, uh, but it means that we will not be able to have uh, the level of representation that we've had historically in the beaches in East York area. And it means as well uh, that across the city, there are going to be wards where there has been significant population growth, like in the downtown wards, where they will have probably close to 200,000 to represent, to be represented by one person. And that level of representation is just not acceptable. And that's what um, is unfortunate that those additional councillors that were going to be elected in the downtown and in other uh, heavily populated and growing communities um, will not be able to run now. And that's uh, 
I, it's very sad that Doug Ford f- felt that he had to come in and stomp all over the city of Toronto and its uh, independent uh, decision-making. And the court may find in the end that they had a right to do that uh, through what their legislative means, but it doesn't mean it was right. Um, it was wrong. Okay, and well, if this is the way he continues to act towards the city of Toronto, I think you will see repercussions uh, continuing and, a, and an invigorated uh, resistance that will happen right across the city. Janet Davis, what's next for you now that your life on municipal government is coming I, to an I, end? I tell you, this has got me, uh, my blood boiling. <laughs> um, I think that I will probably find myself engaged uh, in the outside, uh, on the other side of the political spectrum, meaning uh, with the community, uh, to make sure that we protect the things that we have accomplished here in Toronto from the um, arbitrary and, um, I I think, just bullying from the provincial government. Well, we thank you for your time today, and we wish you all the best in the future. Maybe we'll speak with you in a different capacity on Fight Back Down the Road. Yeah, that's what I'll be doing, fighting back. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, (laughs) Councillor Janet Davis. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.